Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 19 for Wednesday, February 7th. I'm Alex Uwe, and I'm here today with Farbod Markazi. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Hopefully not getting sick, but you know, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're doing not the, happy about that. We're recording this one in the morning, which you know, for for college students, ten twenty-five in the morning should, is uh, is a lot bigger deal than than ten twenty-five in any other context for any other adult human being. Especially when all the classes start noon or later. I don't know why that is. Um, why this feels so late? For because this is the time I normally wake up. Yeah, yeah. It's good, good habits all around. This is all first world problems, by the way. Like, this is not oh, a big deal for for anyone. But it's for such us, a small it's, a it's such a small minority of the first world's problems. Like, <laughs> it's it's even more specific than that. It's next um, generation. Yeah. So today we're gonna be focusing in on the Rangers, and we're actually doing two podcasts for. Today, we're going to be doing the Rangers in this one, and you should also check out the Royals podcast that will also be uploaded Kansas today. Kansas City Fight Club. You're right. I, I messed up the name there. But yes, the Kansas City Fight Club will be the other Team of the Week podcast for today. So with that, since you know we want you guys to listen to all of them, we want you guys to, to familiarize yourself with all of the, the 30 major league teams. We're going to give you a little bit of trivia in each one of these podcasts and then reveal the answer in the others. So why don't you go ahead and give us the trivia question that you'll answer in the Royals podcast. All right. Well, I'll actually give you options, too. You have to answer them. Oh, of course I'm going to play along. Um, So the Hall of Fame voting, we all know that just happened. Um, I'm very happy Vlad Guerrero finally got an Angel fan. Um, so, which one of these four players was not a first ballot Hall of Famer? Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, Christy Mathewson, or Cy Young? Um, my guess is going to be Babe Ruth, but uh, don't don't tell us the answer. Of course, you're gonna gonna hear that answer in the Royals podcast, and. Um, and I guess uh, this is so. I, I I'm assuming you didn't come up with the uh, the trivia question for the other one yet, and don't have an answer to give no. for that one. No, of course not. Um, so I I have one that's a little a little bit different, but I will go ahead and just say the answer to the trivia question. Maybe you should have done these backwards. It would have made a little more sense. But the um the answer to the trivia question from the Royals podcast is. 2017. That's the answer. That's that's the answer. Is the year 2017? Yep. So right. you, you can hear cool. the question that I'm answering in the other one. That was a, a weird little experimental trivia thing that right. we're doing. Will you get it right? Okay. I'll, I'll get it right now. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. No. You'll probably forget. It's gonna it's gonna be a little while. I probably will forget. So, so yeah, there's lots of other major league news to talk about. Of course, the. Uh, the, there's been tensions brewing between the, the Players Association and the League office. Uh, there's been lots of shots fired on both sides, <laughs> mostly on behalf of Scott Boris and you know, League, League office officials that are going at it. And basically, 
you know, baiting each other to just, you know, hurry up and blaming the other side for, for all the problems with this slow off season. And in the meantime, we're all sitting here counting down the days till pitchers and catchers, which I believe is within 10 days now, right? Is it I think, eight, or yeah, nine, eight or nine days away? Around um, that, yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead and make sure of that. But It's normally around the February 20th mark anyways, so 13. Right, and I think there. I heard there's one. There's one team that's even reporting before the the mark that everybody's counting down to, where most teams, pitchers oh, and catchers really? report. Yeah, oh. um, you know this is this is not um, being fact checked on the spot, of course. So just um, tell me. <laughs> um, tell tell you what. <laughs> True. No mind. Let's just get on with this. That's a good idea. Um. We're going to talk about what the Rangers have done this offseason and what we hope that they'll be able to do uh, before the offseason's over because their team is looking a little bit incomplete right now. So we'll go ahead and start with what they have done. Their minor accomplishments that they've <laughs> been able to to pull off. So they built the best 2012 rotation. That's a pretty good point, actually. Um, the first part of that new rotation is going to be Mike Miner, most likely, who was a relief pitcher last year for the Royals, who did a really good job, and he earned himself a three-year, $28 million contract, and that's presumably as a starter, according to the Rangers. I would have guessed most teams would have signed him as a relief pitcher, but I guess uh, guaranteeing him a at least a chance at making the starting rotation is enough incentive for him. I mean, the only thing with Miner over the last couple of years has been him, that, that elbow staying healthy. Mm-hmm. He's, he's always had above average stuff. It's just he's never been able to play enough where he could be comfortable like last year he did. Yeah, yeah. So with, it's, with Mike Miner, we're just kind of going to see what happens. The Rangers are going to try to run him out there. He might be just as good as a relief pitcher, as he was as a relief pitcher. I, I kind of doubt it at this point. Um, but, especially, you know, compared... leaving the Can- especially leaving Kansas City's ballpark for uh, <laughs> Texas. Yeah. That's, that's going to be interesting. But, you know, considering the rest of the rotation right now, I think he gets a, a full, fair chance at making a, a full season as a starter. So, the other new additions to the rotation include Doug Fister, who has signed a one-year deal for $4 million, and he was, you know, an interesting guy who, (laughs) um, we don't really know what to expect. Probably not amazing things, even though last year was pretty impressive. Do we ever? No. We, even when he was really good, wasn't really sure what I was expecting. So, and I'll go ahead and say the last addition to the rotation is Matt Moore, who they got in a trade with the Giants. Um, And that's another curious one, because Matt Moore did not have a particularly good season last year. Although, a lot of people see him as a bounce-back candidate. He did have 5.5 ERA last year, and I think led the league in losses, which, if you're into that kind of stuff... Um, is not a good stat to have under your belt. And he also led the league in earned runs allowed, 
So that's an even worse stat to lead the league in than losses. Um, but, you know, he might not be awful. And part of me is wondering if the Rangers are just completely stuck on Matt Moore's performance against them in the 2011 American League Division Series. I don't know if you can recall that game, but I do recall it, and I looked up uh, his line in that series. Uh, So in that 2011 ALDS series against the Rangers, he pitched in two games, started one of them, uh, and was good for 10 innings, 8 Ks, and only one earned run. So he was a nightmare for the Rangers in that series, although apparently did not did not phase them all that much, but he made an impression, it seems like, enough so to be traded for a cool seven years later. So with the Rangers, how I look at it is my favorite team is in, in the ALS. We have play, we play each other 18, 19 times a year. I never doubt John Daniels as the as a general manager of the Rangers. He's a very good general manager. But right now, this team is just not complete. I like Willie Calhoun in left. Um, the line of the Shields is okay. He's fast. Um, Mazzara's cool. Um, Andrews picked it up last year a- after having a couple years that were just mediocre. He hit 297, 20 home runs. Power came out of nowhere. Yeah, Elvis Andrews was really one of the, the bright b- biggest bright spots in one of the the marquee players in the launch angle movement. Um, he's always a guy who had really good bat-to-ball skills, but always had an insanely high ground ball rate. And Elvis Andrus, with you know whatever status of the balls you choose to believe there was last year, um, really turned it on and hit 20 homers o- when he's never I mean, hit double digits before. Odor, um, yeah. Odor hit 204 with 30 home runs. He brings that down to 22 home runs. Runs twenty five home runs. He's and tries to hit two fifty a little bit. Mm-hmm. And strikes out a little bit less. That's that's already a big deal for your team. Um, he struggled a lot last year. Anyways, Shinsu Chu is just a, that contract. I'm sorry, you pay someone that much money for two fifty twenty two home runs a year. Um, Beltre is Beltre. I I like Cole Hamels. Martin Perez is. Just another. He's not good enough to be a two, but it looks like in this rotation he's going to have to be a two. The biggest thing. Oh, I forgot about Joe Gallo. Let's hope he hits more singles and doubles and home runs this year. Why? Why would Why would anybody hope that? Because it, it's. I mean, as a, an why opposing team, more, I, why not just hit more home runs? As an opposing team, I I will give up the one home run every like five, five every ten at bats. For nine strikeouts, but well, what if you're just like, all right, instead of hitting a home run once every ten at bats, try to do it twice every ten at bats. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> that would be some godlike numbers. It really is early for you, isn't it? No, um... I mean I'm <laughs> I'm of the belief that the solving Gallo's problem isn't hitting more singles; it's just swinging, you know at. I think it's being yeah. I think it's being a smarter hitter. He's a pretty smart hitter already, considering his skill set. Let me go ahead and pull up some some numbers so I can. While you do that, I'm just gonna say um, they did sign Siwang Oh um, for the for their bullpen. He's 
likely going to pitch. He's likely going to take the closer's job. I it, at the some point this season. I don't. I wouldn't doubt it. This team has had big problems in the back end of that bullpen over the last couple of years. They, um, I feel like they've had a closer, like different closers every year because one year was Kella, um, the next year was Jake Diekman, and they both did good in their like respective years as closer, and then they both just blew up the also year after. Sam Dyson. Sam Dyson, yeah. The most Matt recent. Bush spent time as closer. Claudio spent time as closer. I think right now Claudio's um, penciled in as the closer. Um, Tony Barnett, they just re-signed. They, they needed this signing. I think they also need at least one more bullpen piece or a starting, ro- starting rotation piece, mm-hmm. like a Lance Lynn or a maybe a, a reunion with you Darvish. But I'm sorry, but building its best 2011 rotation with Cole Hamels, Perez, Fister, Moore, and Miner, that's not going to be able to. That's not going to allow them to compete with. Um, the world champions and a very improved Angels team in their division. Right, and it's also unrealistic to think that any team can survive a season with five starting pitchers. That's about all they have. They don't. Oh, have trust me, I'm an Angel fan. I would know. The, the Angels have an abundance, which is the opposite of the problem with the Rangers. Yeah, but this is the first year we've had an abundance. Yeah, I guess. I guess it is. Um, so going back to Joey Gallo, by the way. He walked 75 times to a 196 strikeout line, um, but that did bump his on-base percentage up to 333, which was, you know, compared to a 209 batting average, that's like 120-ish points higher, which is pretty good for most players. You know, obviously, if you're not looking at the, the baseline batting average there, um, so if you convert some more of those walks into strikeouts, that keeps that number keeps climbing in the right direction. You know, you hit a few more home runs out with the kind of power he has. He adjusts the league a little bit, and hopefully, good things happen. He can still be that unique three true outcomes player and be much more successful with relatively little adjustment. You know. Does he? remind you of a younger Chris Davis on the same team? Um, kind of. Chris Davis does profile very similarly. Uh, Big, tall, left-hand fat with power. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to ignore that that comparison there. Um, do you see him um, in the future in the outfield first base or third base? In the out, I I don't really unless Beltre has problems. I think they're gonna stick with Gallo um, at first base because they until Bel- until Beltre's gone. Yeah, or even even beyond that, they don't have a real need to move him. I he's a fine first baseman. Uh, he yeah. was an okay third baseman. It's he's not, you know, he's not a plus defensive player. Wherever you're gonna play him anyway. So no, it's not like you're gonna don't you're don't gonna sweat if you're the Rangers. Exactly. Um, I mean, the biggest thing with this team is like I said. They're right now. They're not ready to compete. They need another pitcher. But I, but I, from what I've read and seen by this team in the last couple of days, they are trying. They will be embracing that underdog role, whatever that means. Because there's a very good 
very vastly improved Angels team ahead of them and the world champions ahead of them. So whatever that means, good luck. Whatever whatever that means, that's I guess that's one way to put it. I don't think most people consider them a contender in any regard. Yeah, they might be the. They're probably going to be the fourth best team in that division. Pakoda, um, the 2018 um, projections were had them at 77 wins. Do you have them over, under, or just about? Over, under, or just about? Probably under. I mean, under 77. Damn. I this not by much. They'll, they probably will be somewhere in the low 70s. I would imagine. I think they're going to go like 80, 82. But that's as it stands right now. Hopefully they do something before the season starts to make themselves a little more interesting. Yeah. Just right now I can't I can't see it. So that's you know that's about the gist of it. I respect that. Yeah. So let's go ahead and keep chugging along here and talk about some of the free agent targets that the Rangers should be considering if they want to improve themselves to a 77 win mark or better uh, at the very least. So let's talk about you Darvish in general. We'll talk about you Darvish's market and if the Rangers have any sort of place within that because Darvish has been linked to a bunch of teams over the course of the last couple months and of course no progress has been made. Apparently he has, multi- he has multiple nine-figure offers too. And that's been one of the things that's been going around in the arguments with Major League Baseball and Scott Boris as well. Uh. Right. And, you know, if if we want to get into that just ever so slightly, um, we all have our opinions. It's a, it's a strangely divided fan base on this matter, um, just as an MLB fan base, that is. A lot of people do think that the players deserve to be making this money that the the owners are understandably being very frugal with but a lot of people agree that that is part of the the responsibility of owning a team is not only to make the best business decisions in the traditional sense but also to try to throw a competitive team on the field to appease a fan base it's almost like a public good at that point so my only there's differing sides to that. My only like amazement with this whole situation, not necessarily this in itself, but like this off season, is that I remember two off seasons, three off seasons ago, we were having a podcast and we were saying it's kind of scary how fast the market keeps growing and how much more players are getting paid year by year, and then suddenly couple years later we're at an off season where guys probably two years ago who would have gotten signed by December are 13 days away from um, reporting to a spring training team that they, they they're unemployed right now mm-hmm. that's the that's the amazing part for me. Um, I understand the business I understand the club side of it where like they have to they have to make the best decisions for their team that's hundred percent. Players think they deserve it. That's fair to them as well. I mean, it's just I don't I don't know how to necessarily describe it other than it's just the wrong off season. Like 
if it was two years ago, maybe Darvish would have gotten signed by a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and part of it, it's a perfect storm of a lot of different factors, including the the quality of the free agent class this year, the quality of the free agent class next year, um, the changes in the you know the statistical changes in baseball that we've seen over the last couple of years with you know the way home runs are being valued and we're still trying to adjust to that and one of the constant factors is the teams that plead that they're poor the teams that plead that they are a small market team that can't spend money on the big free agents um, and that's not true in every single case because these teams are not losing money. None of these teams are losing money. You know, they're all valued at, you know, somewhere... Or even the smaller market teams are valued in the in the upper, you know, close to $1 billion range by, you know, by like Forbes in general business context. They are extremely valuable um, vacuum cleaners in the background. But there is... <laughs> The, the fact is that these teams can spend money if they choose to. And part of that has to do with the whole tanking uh, environment that has been developed nowadays. And I can go ahead and count right now how many teams appear to not have intentions of making a wild card spot. Just based on their activity, I don't, of course every team out there is going to say, we're going to try to win as many games as we can. That's not what I'm saying. There's no teams that are actually going there and saying, yeah, we're really hoping that we can get that first overall draft pick this year. Uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm I... hoping nobody ever gets to that point. But if, if I'm going to count, uh, I would say there's the Rays, there's the A's, there's the Reds, there is Miami, there is Kansas City, there's San Diego, there's, you know... Baltimore's weird in that middle ground in that they don't do anything, but they're not necessarily tanking either, so that's kind of like a, a 50-51. Think... Um, what is that? It is a vacuum cleaner. I do not know what to do about that at this time. Uh, uh, so hopefully you like vacuum cleaners. Just while I'm talking, you can mute yourself. It's fine. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to do that. I'm struggling, though. You made me lose my train of thought. No, I'm... <laughs> Um, God damn the vacuum cleaner! Ooh, are you there? It's I, I muted myself. Go, go ahead. Oh, so what thing. I was what I was gonna say is that um, I think I don't know how you think about feel about this, but in Major League Baseball itself, the whole tanking thing, like tank, the idea of tanking, at least over the last couple of years, it seemed not as popular as it has in sports such as the NBA, where, I mean, I don't know how your take would be on this, but I think there's a lot more teams that are coming into the league, coming into the season in the last couple of years, they're like, yeah, we're not the Cubs, we're not the Astros, but we need, we just need to get in because we think we can get in, and once we're in, a lot anything can happen. And, I mean, there's a lot of surprise teams, obviously, like the Brewers and the Twins last year, but because no one expected them to be anything. But the Brewers missed the wildcard game by one game. Those Twins surprised the world and became the second game, the second wildcard. I mean, I don't think tanking is really a major thing in baseball anymore. There's a lot of competitive teams. I think that's a lot. 
I think that's the reason the second wild card was introduced to add more competition and decrease tanking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know Cleveland is a good example of a small market team that was able to do really good things. The Royals, even when they won their, they went to two World Series in a row. They were a small market team as they do that. The first one was off the wild card as well. Right, yeah, and the Brewers right now are a good example of a small market team that's willing to spend some money um, to to make that next step. And the rest of these teams don't seem to do that. I've I've counted and landed at about at about twelve teams that are not intent like not intending to make the playoffs at all. Um, and you could you know give or take one or two teams here and there if you think like oh the Mets are signing guys but they really expect like I'm I'm gonna count the Mets as a legitimate team because they are making efforts this off season to improve their team. That's that is the criteria there, and that's a very generous criteria. And it's there's still 11 teams that don't even meet that. So you can think of that in whatever context you want. Uh, I see it as a problem, personally, and the MLB League office doesn't seem to think it's as big of a problem as others. Um, so the players are the easiest target to go after there. Uh, because this free agent class is a bunch of 30-plus-year-olds who might be overvaluing themselves, but when you look at the the historical context of the types of contracts um, players are getting, of course, they're not contracts that work out very well. I think it, even if they were, hardly work out. Even if they were overvaluing, I mean, they are, but but think about where we are in the offseason. The latest deal I remember is Prince Fielder with the Tigers. It was around late Feb- early February, um, like year in 2012 or 2013, I believe. Um, I mean, just where we are, you would think that all offseason, just like every other offseason, they're like, oh, once the top guy is signed, it's just going to create a domino effect for like the lower guys. Like once you Darvish or Jake Arrieta are signed. Lance Lynn, Alex Cobb, those guys are going to be signed too. But I honestly don't know how that's going to happen. This has has Major League Baseball lost its appeal in one-year deals? Because, I mean, maybe these guys, obviously a lot of these guys won't want to sign one-year deals. But at this point, if you no Major League team has gotten to an agreement with you by February 7th, is you might have to settle for a one-year deal if you're a Lance Lynn or an Alex Cobb. Yeah, and that's kind of the tier that's struggling the most from this this whole delay is the tier that is, you know, below the top tier, quite frankly. And they have to wait because all the teams are waiting, and they don't really have as much leverage as some of the other players do. So uh, we'll see how things play out. I'm sure there will be a frenzy all throughout spring training. Well, all I'm going to say is if I was either of these guys, I would be freaking out not having a job at this this late in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think maybe in the Royals podcast that will also be uploaded today, we'll talk about um, some of the specific cases of the free agent class this year, and we'll talk a little bit about you know contract status and expectations and how that has been changing over the years. Um, 
but yeah, I th- um, it is a conversation that we'll be having constantly and have been having um, throughout the off season. Uh, so that's something that is not resolved yet, unfortunately. So, is there anything else with the Rangers that you would like to discuss before we wrap things up here? Let's hope their definition of underdog, underdog they, they believe in themselves as underdogs is more than I do. Let's just hope that. Yeah, I think, I think their best chance right now is for Joey Gallo to hit 70 home runs and win the MVP. So. Or, you know, they just sign a starting pitcher in that, in that class and hopefully um, they stay healthy and then maybe they'll, they'll be competitive. Right. That's, that's all you can hope for. I, I, the Rangers, are, I don't consider them a team that tanks. They are a team that always yeah. tries to put themselves in the mix. A lot of that is props to John Daniels as well. Um, I've talked. I talked about him earlier in this podcast. I can't say enough about how much. While the Angels were having their own general manager problems, right now we're fine. But <laughs> when we were having just weird front office issues, I was. I just kept looking at the Rangers within our own division. I was just like, "Damn, that that guy has his shit together." <laughs> yeah, that's that's one way to put it. So good job the Rangers front office, um, unless they do decide to run out this current team, uh, then good luck with that. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's going to do it for our podcast today. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say about the Rangers uh, or your thoughts on anything else baseball-related that you'd like us to talk about. So you can get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook. That's at BeatTheShiftBP. Um, so both of those places, go ahead and connect with us. And you can also email us, beattheshiftbaseball at gmail.com. Um, our website is also, you know, always being updated with all our podcasts and articles to go along with our Team of the Week podcast. Um, there are a few new articles out there. I think Ray I wrote one. Oh, Farbo just posted one too, if you didn't catch that, that little whisper there. Um, I think Ray uploaded an article on, um, you know, the whole Scott Boris league office debacle. So you can check that out on our website. The link will be down below. All right. When are, when are the, one more thing about the Rangers. When are they signing Josh <laughs> Hamilton again? Um, I would say 2021 is the next. I time. think that's what they need at this point. Bring him into pitch at this point. To pitch. If yeah. that happens, I will, I will give you 20 bucks. How about that? Deal. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I'll pay $20. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. As always, Farbode. Peace. (laughs) Not not quite. Sorry. Hold up. I just got a call. I need to check it.